You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. off the line of scrimmage. Police off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. Saw the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 106. This episode, we're going to talk about everything surrounding the Super Bowl and what happened, just kind of recapping that. We're also going to be going into our early look of what we think the first round redraft should kind of look like, in our opinions. And we'll kind of, you know, go through our list and, and kind of compare. We have not seen or even discussed how our lists are going to go. So it'd be interesting to see how, how we think that shakes out. But Ike, the other host of the show, how you doing? How you feeling? What's good? Yeah, sad, sad that uh, football season is officially over. You know, the, the the one thing about the Super Bowl is that it's a you know you watch a great game, and then the, the morning after, it's just like post mortem, right? It's like, man, the football mm-hmm. season's over now. So what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do with our lives? What do we do with ourselves? But you know, a lot if a lot of a lot of sickos like we are, we're gonna be doing best ball drafts on underdog we're gonna be diving into some of these prospects you know the combine we're starting to see some combine news come you know come through the pipeline so that that football that football machine is 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 not it's it's still it's still churning a little bit but not as much um, as it was you know over the last 20 weeks or so um that we've been that we've been doing this but feeling good saw a great game Chiefs 49ers lived up to the hype, lived up to the billing. Obviously didn't live up to the billing and the hype in the first half. First half was kind of boring. Defensive game. You know, the 49ers were kind of dominating and and then the second half is 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 when things, you know, kind of turned up. So, you know, getting into the Super Bowl recap, like what were your general thoughts about the game? Um, I mean, you hit you hit the the first half was kind of a, you know, both offenses were kind of struggling. I mean, the Chiefs are, you know, kind of lucky that the 49ers were struggling offense because they could have, it could have got nasty for them real quick. But the Chiefs defense, you know, showed up and showed out like they've been doing all year. Um, you know, the the first the first quarter, I mean, when they started it off right away with that, um, you know, the run up the mid uh, to the right. Uh, Brandon talked about that on the on the last pod that uh, all 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 bets everything towards the Super Bowl. We did. Do pretty good on that. We'll probably talk about it in a second. But uh, one of his no was it was it to the right? I thought it was to the left. Mm-hmm. No, it was to the right because he hit. Mm-hmm. He hit on that bet. It was to the right, huh? Because I I placed that bet on uh, on bet online, and I don't think I I don't think mine hit. That's weird. Yeah. So then, yeah, it was to the maybe, right. Maybe maybe military right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I saw him. You know, he he gets the, the rush up the right for like a big gain, and then you saw the 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 of course the use check twenty yard gain hopping over somebody. I was like, okay, the 49ers, they're about to go down here and 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 uh you know get busy early, and then you know luckily they they saw a, a fumble when they were driving, um, but you know overall. I thought Purdy, Purdy was he was cool. You know, he he didn't do anything to, to mess up the game. You could tell, especially in that third quarter, Shanahan just all of a sudden just stopped running the ball, and it was just a lot of throws, which kept the Chiefs in the game because Ridiculous. it just kept them in the game. Just because the Chiefs couldn't move the ball, um, they were struggling to move the ball, and they just kept them in the game with all those throws. When you had, you know, C Mac, you know, doing work, and um. You can tell, especially in that fourth quarter when they needed Purdy to make some throws, he couldn't because he couldn't step into the ball. The the, the pockets kept collapsing uh, on him when he when he there was times for him to make a big throw. There was, I mean, if you go on Twitter, you can see the the few times where you know the 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 most obvious one was when Chris Jones went unblocked, free release basically, and Ayuk and J- uh, Jawan Jennings were wide open for touchdowns, and he couldn't. He couldn't do anything because Chris Jones is already in his face before he even basically when he said hut, Chris Jones is like in front of him doing jumping jacks. So um, you know, just certain plays like that, you can't really do anything about. But, you know, I, I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. Like I know a lot of people were you know talking bad about him. Oh, you see, you can't win with them, this and that, but he didn't pl- he didn't play bad, man. Like he looked he looked decent. He did what he needed to do. He didn't turn the ball over, just 
just they just didn't have enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't turn the ball over, only took one sack. Um, but the only thing that he didn't do well in was throwing the ball down the field. He was 0 of 4 yeah. passes that mm-hmm. traveled 20 plus yards down the field, and he had a low, you know, one of his lower um, yards per attempt games yep. of the season. Outside of that, yeah, like to your point, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't that he wasn't that bad. He was he was he was okay. Did it, he did his thing? Did did what he needed to do? Just those few incomplete passes that he had and those key and those key third downs. That's what gave that's what gave Mahomes and the Chiefs chances to, to go down the field. And when you knew when when you saw that the fact that Mahomes had a minute and fifty three and two timeouts, everybody in America knew he was going to drive down the field and get and, and at least get in the field goal range. At least get in the everybody knew that everybody knew that. Yeah. For me, for me, as I was watching that game, and I I tweeted this out, I was like, man, my heart is is beating like really really fast because the game was like the you know the the latter half of that game was was exhilarating mm-hmm. but you know I, I i i i didn't believe for one second that the chiefs were going to lose i didn't because because number 15 was 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 there and i knew that and i and i figured that the the chiefs defense was going to step up and get a stop and then once mahomes got the ball once mahomes got the ball you knew he was going to drive drive down the field you knew he was going to he was going to get the uh, the chiefs in position that fourth and one wasn't worried Bro. about it because easy right bro <laughs> just like perfect play call had two on one you either gonna take kelsey or you're gonna or, or you're gonna pick mahomes either way the first thing that was gonna be had uh just yeah perfect play calling on that fourth and one man just and i from especially from that point i was like oh yeah they they're getting points here we're about to go to overtime at least yeah yeah and then like just just continue with mahomes 66 yards rushing let the team he he just put the team on his back, man. He he did, yeah. he did he did he did what he had to do, and he continued to do you know baby goat things like he's yeah. been doing. Travis Kelsey, 13th straight playoff game of over 70 plus yards receiving hey, but record. Th- that that first half though, first half was, was icy. He, one he was on yard. he was he was on the set of Law and Order, boy. Yeah. Like they were they had him strapped down for real. I, in the second half, I don't know what happened. I don't know why why it got changed up or whatever, whatever the case was. I don't know why they let him lose for what it was because for what 90, what 92 yards in the second half, I'm just in the, in overtime. I just, yeah. I mean, you should have like you did in the first, you should have bracketed him and just forced the ball somewhere else. That's what I said. Like, Hey, if y'all are going to beat him, don't let Kelsey do like, just double him and make him throw somewhere else. And then that second half, they just didn't do it. You're 81 to 90 yards, almost hit, almost. I know, man. But I did, but I, but I did double back and and do the 91 to uh, 100 because. Oh, did you? you? Okay. You told me go ahead. Why, why don't do you both. just do 91? Yeah, do both. Yeah, it was I did odds. yeah, so I did hit on that one. Okay. So yeah, because because the odds were what the same, right? Mm-hmm. They were plus yeah. 800 for both. Yeah, that yeah that was that was a good one. I was like, yeah, you you got to take both of them because it's, it's so close. Because he usually hovers around. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had thirteen straight games of set. He had twelve straight games of seventy plus yards. You know, yeah, go, coming into that game, so that was that. And then, you know, early underdog drafts. I haven't done any yet, but from what I've been seeing, um, the activity that I've been seeing, he's been going in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, I would imagine has. it's going to climb that's going to climb as the offseason progresses and it's and and as, and as we get more confirmation that he is returning you know for the 2024 season he'll probably hover be hovering around the third round um, when it's all said and done maybe you can creep into the second round cuz i think yeah you know if yeah, you, I, if you have a full season of Kelsey you're going to have you know that that that's 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 his draft position for the most yeah, part yeah and you know once we start talking about that ADP we go into more detail, but I mean, some of the drafts I've seen, I'm seeing in the fifth round, people are getting overall, people are getting are smartening up in terms of like not, you know, reaching for quarterback or reaching for tight end like we did in 2023. Like people are just like, we got burned bad by these early running backs or uh, not early running backs, early quarterback uh, pickups because, you know, quarterback scoring was lower this year. Um, and then, you know, using it on tight ends early, like people are just, they're waiting. Oh, well, except if, you had, except if you had Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, I mean, those, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, those two were kind of, you know, they 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 didn't uh, they did they didn't kill your lineups. Um, each yeah, week. but because remember last that. year, remember last year we would see like six six quarterbacks going before the end of round four. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. We had yeah, yeah we had we, we, what, what was it? It was uh it was Mahomes, Allen, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. 
Uh, I can't remember who else, but yeah, they were Burrow. all. But Joe Burrow, they're all going super early, and then Joe Burrow yeah. got hurt. Uh, Justin Herbert got hurt. Justin Fields got hurt for a little bit. He didn't have the the ceiling that you know he he normally would have. Although he had he had those 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 handful of games where he had back to back four touchdown games, and then then he got hurt after that. So it was it was an up and down year for quarterbacks for sure. Uh, and like you mentioned, it was quarterback scoring was down. Yeah. All right. So question. I know a lot of people have been talking about this. I want to hear your opinion about this. Did Shanahan get it wrong by taking the ball first? Because people keep saying, oh, well, they lost because they didn't know the rules, even though Shanahan came out and said today, like, this is what the plan was going to be all along, that if we won, we were going to take the ball first. No, because, you know, you still want to put pressure on the on the opposing team, and it's still a 50-50 proposition regardless, right? Even yeah. if he took the ball or didn't take the ball, it didn't, it didn't matter. It's a 50-50 proposition. That's basically how it's designed to be. So yeah. now he didn't get he didn't get he didn't get it wrong, but um, on the on the topic of Shanahan, man, it's like he does his track record in Super Bowls, <laughs> whoo, not good. And obviously we know about the twenty eight to three debacle uh, back in back in Atlanta, but this mm. is the second straight Super Bowl that he's had a ten point lead and lost to the same lost. team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm. You know, it, mm. it, it's it's tough to be a a Forty ers fan seeing seeing that that heartbreaks, bro. I'll get into that in a second, but uh, just to go back to the Shanahan and overtime, I didn't think like hearing like Orlowski talking about, oh, he he got it completely wrong. You shouldn't gave essentially since you took the ball first, you automatically gave Mahomes an extra down, which would be four downs for every time you try to get a first down. But that would have been either way. Like if they received the ball first, the Chiefs score, you still get you're still playing with an extra down. You, you so, I mean. Yeah, like e- either way it goes. Like if you gave the, Mahomes the ball first, and then they lost, and then you know, let's say Brock Purdy goes four and out, why'd you give Mahomes the ball first? You're supposed to get yeah. the ball first and put pressure. Yeah. So it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You, yeah. You, you knew, you knew, you you know, you we were gonna see all of those headlines if yeah. they gave Mahomes the ball first. Yeah, I thought. We'll stop his the explana- Yeah, his explanation made sense to me. Like you got on, uh, you score. If they go down and score, then you get the ball. And if I score anything, I win. So I get that. I get that logic. It's just that people are like, well, they shouldn't have kicked the field goal. They should have went for it. Why would I do that? (laughs) I'm taking the points. Like, and you hope your defense gets a stop. And they just didn't get a stop. Like the Chiefs, when they got the ball, how long they kept on the field? Like 10 minutes? Yeah. They were, they, they were just like, yeah, we're just going to drain the clock, get y'all tired. And, if the clock runs out, then we're going to the second. We're going to another fifteen minutes and get and get this W. So, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know they treat it like quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that that I don't know if that's a new wrinkle or if that's something that's always been yeah, the that's case. A new, that's new a new wrinkle, wrinkle from my wrinkle. opinion. Yeah, yeah. When, when when Romo Romo was uh, explaining it on TV, I, I had no idea. I was like, oh, because whenever Mahomes did that touchdown pass to McCall Hardman, there was like three seconds left, and I was like, man, mm-hmm. he, he he better get this ball off before it ends. But then, like as as uh as Travis Kelsey got down to like the five, you know three or four yard line, Romo started explaining it. It's another quarter, so we can either run it down or run another play. It doesn't matter. And then they ran another play, and that was a game winning touchdown. Yeah. What I did like about that call was uh Jim Nance's call. He's like Kansas City. He's like jackpot, Kansas City. I thought that was kind of lit because <laughs> you know obviously jackpot, Las Vegas. Da, da, yeah. da. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm easily amused, so bear with me. I'm easily <laughs> amused in that regard. So, so so excuse me, so excuse me. But I thought that was I, pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, I thought you know the play calling was you know it was like that particular play call. We seen them do that with with Tyreek whenever he was with with the Chiefs. We seen the Dolphins do it with him. So it just they just caught him off guard like just ward just was caught off guard like he just didn't expect him to you know when he see him speed speeding down down the line of scrimmage and then he, he you know he comes back and they say hut like he he's butt naked so and no yeah. and nobody even knew the game was over with everybody was kind of just standing around oh he scored well no it was it was, it was it was hardman hardman didn't know the game was over but everybody yeah. else knew everybody else knew yeah. the game was over but no, you know what's funny about that play is that that was the exact same play they ran last year twice against yep. the Eagles. Oh, you're right. With exact same uh, play. With, with, with Sky, Sky Moore and, Moore and, Tony. and Darius Tony. yeah. Damn, you're right. Yeah, exact same play. Ugh. Got him. Also, I, I got a question for you, kind of switching gears to the 49ers. So if, they, if, if the 49ers won the game, who do you think would have been the Super Bowl MVP? 
because it because there was a lot of players that you know could have been considered you know Chris McCaffrey huge game over 160 yards and a touchdown Jake Moody was clutch every single kick he made obviously mm-hmm. you know the outside of the extra point that got blocked but he made 50 yard field goal after 50 yard field goal mm-hmm. I mean Jawan Jennings had two touchdowns I, touchdown I, I thought it was going to be Jawan Jennings when um because I I'm I'm only saying this because I had the score 20 to 16 49ers so mm-hmm. that so that extra point hurt me when they got blocked but I thought if the game would have finished 20 to 16 I thought Juwan Jennings was going to be the MVP uh I know in the uh Destination Debbie Discord people were arguing oh why would it be Juwan Jennings it's like bro this dude scored a non-quarterback touchdown he threw a pass the score and then he then he caught a pass like out of all people you thought Juwan Jennings was going to be anything in this game, but, uh, but if they would have won that game, um, my, uh, McCaffrey would have, would have been MVP though. In my yeah, opinion. I, I think, I think it would have been McCaffrey. Um, if, if they got it, it just maybe just depends on if, if Rock Purdy do another touchdown pass, then they may, they may have given it to Rock Purdy, but because usually these, these, uh, these, these voters, mm-hmm. they fall to the quarterback mm-hmm. at all times. They, they, that's how it's always been. That's how they always do it. But I I wouldn't have been surprised if if anybody but Brock Purdy got if anybody but Brock Purdy got the MVP. I wouldn't be surprised if McCaffrey got it. I wouldn't be surprised if Jawan Jennings got it. I wouldn't be. I mean, Jake Moody was a, probably a long the long shot of that mm-hmm. because of all the clutch kicks he made. Um, even though he made all those clutch kicks, but yeah, it, it would have been um yeah it would have been interesting. It would have been an interesting uh <laughs> vote uh, for sure. But you know the. On the 49ers offense, I mean, the receivers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, only combined, only strapped, strapped up, only combined for what, 82 yards? You know, because, uh, you add add Kittle to that. I don't even think they got over 90. So they didn't get over 90. And, you know, as somebody who took a lot, a lot of overs for the Super Bowl, especially with between those three, woof. Woof. Yeah. Debo Debo yeah. had eleven targets, eleven targets, and only thirty three yards receiving. So that, you couldn't that, tell, but some of them were dirt balls, though. Some of them were like dirt right balls, at his shins. one hoppers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Kittle, you could tell he. I, I felt like he was bothered by the toe because one of the reason why they he didn't even get any work. So yeah. I figured that he had to been the injury had to been bothering him because I think. uh Juszczyk had had more targets than he did. So Juszczyk had more uh, targets, obviously had more yards, and yeah. was more overall more productive. But, yeah, I mean, you know, next year, the 49ers offense, they're not going anywhere. These same players are going to be intact. They'll, 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 they'll do their thing again. They'll be right in the thick of things, the NFC. So we're not we're not too worried about the, you know, their outlook from 20, in 2024 from an offensive uh, perspective. So, but, I mean, anything anything else that stood out from this game? The halftime performance, man, you know. Oh yeah, Archer, you know, Archer yeah. did his thing, you know. I was, I was entertained, man, man. He uh of course he had to tell us that the you know the album was dropping and then he's doing the concert. So he he finessed us, man. He got he got me and the wife, man. We're going. So uh when is it when is it? October? October third, fourth, and fifth. He added a, a third concert date like an hour after tickets were on sale. So He's he's uh you know he's busting everybody's heads. Well, and, uh, there it is. And <laughs> and uh, and all these ticket uh agencies are you know overcharging because he performed in the Super Bowl. That I think I heard something about ticket prices went up like forty percent because the fees were, bro. The fee was another tar- uh concert ticket. No, oh my gosh, I bro, bet it was. Yeah, I bet, bro. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to know what the what those fees look like, bro. That yeah, it was another concert ticket, bro. Um, so the wife better not complain about Valentine's Day because you just got it when we bought those tickets. So that was your Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, <laughs> smart. But, man. Yeah, the smart yeah, man. but the uh, the 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 performance I thought was good. Um, no, people were complaining about how quick he went through the song. He only got fifteen minutes, bro. Like. People complain about everything. Something to dude, complain about every time. Just, just appreciate greatness. It was a great yeah, performance. And then look at the, his catalog. Like, what did you expect he was going to happen? This dude didn't even he didn't even hit a third of what he got in the chamber, bro. Exactly. Exactly. 
He didn't and then, even and then I, I, saw, I saw some it. like comments saying he should have focused like on eight or nine songs. Like, no, what do you mean? No, nah, bro. He has way nah. more than that. Like double, like that <clears throat> getting through all those songs in 15, like 14, 15 minutes was hella impressive. Yeah. Hella impressive. Yeah. Like I, I was entertained. I don't know. I don't know what people I don't know what people watch. I don't know what show people watched. I don't know what show people watch, but I was I was entertained. I thought it was I was entertained, man. And you know, that brought us back to like when he first came out of like middle school all the way up to you know us now. So yeah, uh, you know, it just it was it was a good performance. It was interesting to see JD with his uh like his his girly socks or whatever, you know, those little socks that three three uh, like you know children girls wore like going to oh church or whatever <laughs> i don't know what kind of style it is i oh, mean he was getting I, clowned relentlessly i, I mean yeah man I just, he, was getting, he was getting clowned for, for that like a lot of people some what i saw what i saw on social media is that some people mistaken him for CeeLo green i thought it was CeeLo green too because the I way he looked thought, too, i low-key thought it was too i was like well well is that <laughs> Only reason I knew it was Jermaine Dupri because he actually spoke, and I was like, "Oh, it's Jermaine yeah. Dupri." <laughs> okay, okay. Oh man, but yeah, overall it was a good, it was a good performance for me. So yeah, fun, fun game, fun game, fun, fun uh, Super Bowl halftime show. So it was, it was, a, it was a really good one, a really good one. Oh, and then an underdog, underdog. Um, you know, I, I, I placed, I placed in the mitten four final, so I got twenty ninth, twenty ninth place. So you know, nice little chunk of change there. And you know, obviously, the, the the biggest difference was people having McCall Hardman and Jawan Jennings because mm. I, I prior to the game I looked to see you know what the teams were looking like. There was a bunch of you know, and I, I call these headless teams because they don't have a quarterback. And there was a bunch of headless teams in there, just like a handful of, of players. But the vast majority of that of of the field had Mahomes, McCaffrey, Rice, Pacheco, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But then, but the but the uniqueness came where people had Jawan other you know a select few people had Jawan Jennings and McCall Hardman, and that's basically Man. what won uh, first place. And so I and I, I was one of the ones that had you know Mahomes, McCaffrey, uh, Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rice, mm-hmm. and that was it. that was the only players that I had because I was pretty much exhausted. Everyone else, everyone else, uh, f- you know, failed um, up until that point. But I still had the, the five prominent players and they got me in the money. So that's what matters. Yep. Right. Yep. So so that's the second straight, second straight uh, year that I that 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 I had some success on underdog. So um, we're, we're gonna start this best ball, best ball journey for 2024, uh here shortly. And we'll see what happens in twenty in the beginning of the end of twenty twenty four and see if I can hit them for th- for a third straight year. Yeah, I I mean like we talked before the show, I I'm already started on some some underdog drafts. I have in the I'm in twelve, but I've already done completed two. So I'm a I'm a DJ, so uh, we'll be doing a, plenty of more before <laughs> before we even get get these draft these draft picks. Even you know these players you know drafted on teams. So yeah, the, this is a this is a DJ podcast. So we we you are you are <laughs> you are listening to two G to two G DJs. But in in the in the spirit of 2024, let's go ahead and take an early look of what at, at what a top 12, a typical top 12, you know, redraft um, would look like. Uh, so Gene and I, as Gene mentioned from the outset of the show, we did not look at each other's list. We don't know who's going to be number one. We don't know who's going to be number two. We don't know who's going to be number 12. So we're just going to be as surprised as you, the audience, will be once we start revealing some of these. So Gene, I'm going to let you go first. Who is your number one overall pick for 2024? I think it goes without saying. We just talked about him, how he put up over 160 yards in the Super Bowl. Mr. Christian McCaffrey, number one overall in 2024, I think is a no-brainer, man. And he's going to be back for San Francisco. Let's go ahead and um, you know, have him as the number one pick. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, I'm going to go with number two. I'm going to go with my number two. Now, my number two, this guy, I've, I've mentioned, I've talked about him, you know, a handful of times. Wait, who's, I'm assuming your number one is CMC also? Okay. Yeah, like, like you said, it goes without saying. My number <laughs> yeah. one, you know, so we don't, we don't, we don't need to, uh, we don't need to waste the audience time by talking about our same number one when it's, it's unanimous on this front. But my number two, my number two is not, our number twos are, are not as unanimous. But this guy I talked about towards the end of the season saying he's going to be my highest drafted player in 2024. And uh, it's Brees Hall. Brees Hall is my number two player. Oh. 
Brees Hall for the Jets. He's going to be my number two player. Year two coming off the ACL tear. We saw what he did towards mm. the end of the season in 2023. He 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 tore it up. You know, he had 37 carries, and I think in week 17 or week 18 against the Patriots. Um, you know, he 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 was just an, he was just an anomaly. He wasn't even full speed. He wasn't even 100 um, all season long, and he still balled. He still put up ridiculously crazy numbers. Um, and f- a fully healthy offseason, year two of ACL tear, Brees Hall, he's going to be right behind Christian McCaffrey in fantasy points scored this year, and he's going to be my highest drafted player on underdog and in most drafts in 2024. So Brees Hall is my number two. I did not see that one coming. Okay. Um, I, I like that. I, I believe Brees Hall should should smash. I mean, I mean, we, 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 took the conventional wisdom of not taking first running back, you know, first year running backs off of ACL tears. And he just proved us wrong, man. Like just flat out, like he just balled, yeah. man, even through the circumstances of his trash O-line, his trash quarterbacks, his trash off- uh, offensive coordinators, just through all that, he still balled. So number two. Okay. All right. My number two, Tyreek Hill, man, just, we saw him destroy defenses this year with over 1700 uh receiving yards he wanted to go for 2000 but you know that ankle injury was was hampering him towards the end of the season but um i just think you know you're running back pretty much the same offense um if they bring anybody of consequence i don't think it really matters Uh, we we saw him you know destroy with with two i think he believed he led also led the league in targets with 179 uh just just un- unbelievable season i just i just think he's he's the guy uh, for number two overall and just the the number one wide receiver in fantasy yeah makes sense tyreek hill i mean as long as he's in that offense playing with tua and playing with and playing within that system he's going to continue and stays healthy he's going to continue to rip it up so yeah no argument for me um definitely respect that number two for tyreek hill what about your number three all right, so my number three, I really debated about this one. I didn't. I, I was debating if I wanted to go with the home team, CD Lamb here, but I was like, let me, I'm, um, let me, let me go with 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 the guy Jettas. I wanted to go with him here, um, because I mean, before he got hurt, we saw him, we saw what he was doing. He was, you know, basically the uh, the number one overall, what through weeks one through four. Uh, Barely above, I think Keenan Allen was right under him in, in total points and, and average points per game. Him and Tyreek and Keenan were all wide receivers that were above 45, uh, 25 points per the first four weeks. And then he hurts his, his hammy, and then it was pretty much you no know, Dunsky over after that. But um, my opinion is that they bring back Cousins, they bring back Cousins, then, I mean, he slotted, he's going to be borderline number one overall wide receiver. So uh, that's why I went with him here. Yeah, Justin Jefferson, he's also my number three. So that there's no there's no argument, no, no debate there. I mean, he he had over 100, 140 yards in in the last game of the season catching passes from Nick Mullins. Mm-hmm. And that just tells you, you know what, you know, it doesn't matter who, who who's playing quarterback for Justin Jefferson. I mean, we thought we thought he would be, you know, we we hadn't really seen him without Kirk Cousins that you know that often. Um, so a couple, you know, handful of games we saw him without Kirk Cousins, and he still produced. So I, I, I think, um, you know, that that's going to be an interesting topic in the off season. Does Kirk Cousins come back to to Minnesota, or do they get another quarterback? But I'm not particularly worried about the prospects of Justin Jefferson. So number three definitely makes sense. You number did see four. the you did, before you get the number four. You did see the report of him saying that he wanted to see what they were going to do at quarterback before he committed to a long term deal with, with the with the Vikings. Um, smart. In my, smart. In my yeah, in my opinion, they need to be running it back with Cousins. Don't even no need to try to play the the rookie game. In my opinion, I think I, that's just my opinion. If you if you think your team is close, like at least make playoff worthy, which they were until. They start playing what what we call Jaron Hall. Then um, I think you run it back with Cousins, man. Like he knows the system. He has it down packed. You seen what he does with with Jettas? Like why mess it up? Yeah. This is my opinion. Yeah, I I completely agree. I completely agree. All right, number four, home team, CD Lamb, career year coming off of a career year, had 181 targets. That that actually led the NFL. Not Tyreek yeah. Hill. Yeah, you're right. 
CD Lamb, 181 targets, monster year, over 1,700 yards, over 135 catches. I mean, the, the the guy the guy was a monster, and this is what we wanted to see from him in Dak Prescott this past year, and we finally got it. And the Cowboys are going to try to prioritize him this offseason, try to lock him up before free agency starts, um, making sure they don't that he does not play on his fifth year option because if he plays on his fifth year option, things can get really 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 dicey. So they want to make sure they avoid that. But CD Lamb, number one in fantasy points per game last year. Uh, and so that's above, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, all the, all the all the top dogs that we've seen over the last several years. CeeDee Lamb, he was number one uh, in 2023. So, yeah, that that is my 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 number four overall player. What about you? Um, we have the same. So no need for me to even expound on that. Like, just <laughs> I, I agree with the same sentiments, man. <laughs> Uh, number five, we are going with Jamar Chase here. Um, you know, he kind of had up and down. Not kind of, yeah, kind of up and down, you know, with Joe Burrow getting hurt, him missing a couple games, um, basically because of bad quarterback play. Um, you know, I just think that when when he's healthy, when Burrow's healthy, then he also can challenge for the number one overall uh, wide receiver in the league. I also believe that, they're going to be running it back with, with T Higgins. So again, this is, I mean, you can't really, I mean, you can double loan um, with T Higgins out there, but um, a lot of teams don't really do that because of, you know, T Higgins can also, you know, bust teams heads with his ability. So I think, you know, having a, a full healthy offense with, with T Higgins and, and Burrow leads to very, very good things for, for Jamar Chase on team. So, I mean, again, he had what, a thousand yard, twelve hundred yards in his second year, um, in the offense where we saw uh, Browning for majority of the season. So, I just he's my he's my fifth overall pick in in this first round. How about you? Well, he's he's actually my sixth overall pick. So, oh. um, yeah, but my number five is is Tyreek Hill. You know, a lot of the points you mentioned before. Um, you know, I, it, it was, it was tough. To, it was tough between him and CD lamb. I have CD lamb slightly ahead because he's younger and, you know, Tyreek Hill, you, you never know when, whenever that that's, I mean, that the speed, the speed is going to remain, is going to, is going to remain with him, but you don't know if, you know, if he may take a step back in that offense, but he's still in a, in a, in a very prominent offense in Miami. And he had, you know, he led the league in target share and target rate last year. And so I, I think he'll still get, you know, get a ton of targets, but number five, um, I, I like I like Tyreek Hill and then Jamar Chase at number six. Yeah, I mean a lot of, a lot of the reasons you you mentioned now Jamar Chase is number at number six. You know if this was last year, it'd be a different story. But number six, I mean you mentioned T Higgins. He has another another alpha type on the outside. Um, on, uh, you know uh, on the outside next to him. So that 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 kind of takes a, takes a little bit of a, takes a little bit away from him uh, for mm-hmm. me. So that's why I kind of have you know Jamar Chase behind these other guys that are just you know the bona fide one hundred you know bona fide alphas in their respective offenses. So that's why I have Jamar Chase at number six, um, where where you know you have him at number five. So I mean it's a little little interchangeable. So who's your who's your six overall player? My number six overall player is who you had at number two, Brees Hall. Uh, you know I agree with everything you said about Brees. Uh, you know just to even expound on that you. He had, I believe he had three or four games in a row where he had um, double-digit target uh, receptions. And, you know, those games he had at least like 13, 14 targets. Hmm. You know, it was just him him, <laughs> him and Garrett Wilson just going crazy. He finished with, with 76 receptions as running back, which was the first, was number one. He was number two in fantasy points, games, uh, points overall scored. And he also was number one in receiving yards for, for running back. So, you know, mixed with everything that you said, just he's, I mean, he should, he should smash, man. Just everything lines up for him to smash again this season, especially with, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back and, you know, kind of, and, and what Garrett Wilson on the outside should, should open things up for, for him to, you know, do work in fantasy again this season. And hopefully they, they figure out that line because that offensive line is, it's terrible. So, yeah. Number seven. Number seven. I have Amon Ross St. Brown from the Lions. Mm. Number two in receptions last year. Number three in receiving yards. Yak was number two. 
I mean, he 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 balled he balled out fourth in fantasy points per game. Like like what what like what more can you say about you know Amon Ross A. Brown? I mean, he's just I, I think I, has he set has he set an NFL record in, in uh, for receptions uh, for his first three years? I think I he believe, has. I believe he he's, has. He's come, he's come close to that, I think, because 119, 106, and then 90 over the first three years. I think he's I think that might be an NFL record or close to it, but. I mean, he, he's he's just as automatic as it gets, and he gets targeted in the red zone. He gets a lot. He's he was number three in red zone targets last year, and so mm-hmm. that that offense is is is, is not is not uh, is not going to change. Uh, ben Johnson is staying in Detroit. He says he's going to run it back. So you're going to see a lot of the same concepts, or you're going to see base, you're going to see the same concepts that we saw last year that made Amon Ra, you know, that helped Amon Ra be successful, helped that offense be successful. Um, yeah. Uh, we're running, we're running out of things to say about Amaran St. Brown, but that's that's my number seven overall player. Okay, my number seven overall player is AJ Brown, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why there's rumors about him wanting to get traded. Makes no sense. It's the second year in a row where he's had at least 145 targets. He even had the most receptions he's ever had in his career at 106, and finished over 1,400 yards. So. I don't know why he would want to leave or why the rumor would even be starting that he would want to leave. Like this situation sounds very advantageous for, for him stats wise. Cause the, the offense is, is pretty, you know, you know where the targets are going. Like there's no question about it. It's him, Devonte Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard, and that's it. So I'm not sure, not sure what that's about, but yeah, number seven, I expect the same thing again, same should be, similar situation and then you got Keen, uh Kellen Moore coming in and I mean in his offense he targets the the playmakers should be getting the ball so I expect more of the same honestly so that is my number seven okay not not mad at it not mad at it my number eight is what who you had as number seven Amara St. Brown um I mean there's nothing there's nothing else to add man this is somebody that's coming out drafted in the third round He's had a chip on his shoulder. He's just he's just a bulldog, man. Like he just can't. He's just so dependable. And like you said, like the first three years, I even think last year, I think he came close to breaking the record if he did. But like the first three years have been for him, his career has been just absolutely amazing. And expect more of the same, especially with you know Jared Goff, you know having that chemistry with them. So should be more of the same. All right, number eight. My number eight may surprise you a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's B. John Robinson. It's B. John Robinson. Okay. okay. And I gotta I gotta lead off with this. Arthur Smith is gone. <laughs> so, so um and you know, despite Arthur Smith being there and, and and limiting him and things like that, look, he was still fourth in running back you know, receiving yards. He was number five in weighted opportunities, you know, he was number three in targets. So he still there were still some opportunities that he had, um, you know, even with Arthur Smith suppressing him. So um, now, now, hopefully that I don't know if they've they haven't signed they haven't figured out their offensive coordinator position have they or uh I believe I thought they did I thought they brought in Liam Cone was it Liam Cone or was that to Tampa Bay I have to go back and look but I could have sworn they they brought no Zach Robinson from from the Rams oh that's right yes coordinator. gotcha yeah yeah okay I, I was I I might have missed that um in, in the in the news cycle but in any event. Oh, and, and yeah, and I, I remember Raheem Morris in one of his introductory press conferences. He said, "Hey, what do you like about the Falcons' offense?" What was the first name that he mentioned? Bijan Robinson. Bijan. <laughs> he mentioned Bijan. Mentioned Drake London. So they're going to be getting the ball a lot and a lot more, and we're going to see a lot of Bijan, a lot more Bijan Robinson than we did see in 2023. So I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited to see what we're going to. I'm, I'm excited to see more uh, Bijan Robinson because uh, when he was on the field, he was electric. He was he was breaking tackles. And he was he was balling um, in the in the limited opportunities that he got. So, looking forward to seeing that. My number nine. That was your that was that was your number nine, correct? That was number, my number eight. No, oh, that was your number eight. All right. So, who's yeah. your number nine? Oh, my number nine is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Okay. Um. Yeah. It would these. So it was eight between eight and nine. I mean, eight and nine. You could probably you know have them be interchangeable. But Jameer Gibbs was just was was just a monster down the stretch and. It's it's going to be scary what he does in year two, and I think he's probably you know he only he barely played fifty percent of the snaps this last year, and I think he averaged around sixteen fantasy points a game. 
I don't think we've seen anything, any any kind of cr- crazy efficiency like that since you know Christian McCaffrey, his rookie year, right? So Jameer Gibbs, I I think he has a lot of untapped potential, and he has a, a significantly high ceiling um, that we're gonna we're gonna see starting in year two. And so I'm excited to see you know what we're what we're gonna get out of Jameer Gibbs in uh, in year two, especially in that offense um, in Detroit. Yeah, even with David Montgomery there getting the goal line touches and getting a lot of goal line work. I'm not too worried about that because we still, still saw Jameer Gibbs uh, produce um, in, in many, many games. So looking forward to seeing that. My number nine is who's you had at number eight, B. John Robinson. Um, I'm excited for potentially what this office can look like with Zach Robinson coming from the Sean McVay tree. And if you've seen some of his predecessors or that have left his tree and how they operate their offenses, they don't really mess around with like with a bunch of, you know, you no know, split back sp- splitting the 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 work share if they do is not it's not going to be where it's like a 60 40 split is more like you know 80 20 you spell them a little bit so i'm hoping and expecting that Bijan you know gets that same treatment and you know let's talk about here yeah <laughs> he's a good bag but yeah we want to see less man we want to see more Bijan robinson is significantly better had yeah, a better yes. success rate was better in almost every metric that that matters for running yes back. so yes yes correct yes and then you know um hopefully his expected fantasy points per game goes up from 14.9 to you no know, more in that 16 17 range where the where you see the elite running backs at so that is my number nine all right my my number 10 is Garrett Wilson. And I kind of debated about this, but then I had to go kind of look at what he did with, you know, the limited resources we already talked about listed out with, with Brees Hall, you know, playing with the landfill of quarterbacks that he had to deal with. And he still managed to get 163 targets, which was fourth most in the league. <laughs> he he cracked over a thousand yards, you know, target share over 27%. I believe his Trinity score was uh, above eight. And this is with all, you know, playing with Trevor Simeon, playing with uh, Zach Zach Wilson. I can't even think who else, other scrubs that he played with, but just doing all that and still being able to, you know, be uh, basically a wide receiver too um, and, you know, getting that many that, that many targets. I just believe, you know, you insert Aaron Rodgers, who is way more competent than any of those players we named combined. I believe that, you know, you won't see a bunch of just wasted targets like we saw this past season with with Garrett Wilson. We should see him, uh, you know, get up into the, you know, the 14, 15, 1600 range uh, in terms of yardage. So with all that, I believe he's he should be in the in the first round of your, you know, your picks this year. Yeah, I, I definitely like Garrett Wilson a little bit more this year. And Aaron Rodgers wanted to come back during the season. Wanted to, quote unquote. I don't know if he would have been physically capable or physically able to do that, but he wanted to come back, and I think he'll he should be fine for twenty twenty four. So I think um, you know Garrett Wilson uh, is going to have uh, ha- have a pretty good year with Aaron Rodgers uh, at the helm. But my number ten, my number ten differs from yours. So my number ten is Puka Nakua. This this guy just turned out the great the greatest rookie season of all time from from a wide receiver, and nobody would have ever thought, right? Fifth round pick. I mean, 159 targets, 105 receptions. You know, he was number six in fantasy points per game at just shy of 18. And again, that 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 is elite. That is elite territory. That's elite company. Um, number six in target rate. I mean, this, this the guy was just. I mean, he 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 dominated. He took over. Took over. Cooper Cup could not stay healthy this past year, and Puka Nakua was was the mainstay there. Now Puka Nakua is actually. I mean, he's used. He's even used as as uh, you know as a he he gets a, a couple of carries per game as well. You know he, he's a pretty pretty decent runner and he breaks tackles. You know he he doesn't just you know get get a carry and then fall down fall to the ground. He actually you know fights through contact, which is pretty good, which is really really good. So I mean there's 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 a lot to like about Pukunakua, and I think he's squarely squarely a top ten top twelve pick um, in in most drafts this year. Yeah, I mean. I'll I'll be naming him in a second, but yes, I definitely agree. Just just a, a wonderful surprise for a lot of fantasy owners um, that you know drafted him at the end of their drafts or picked him off on waivers for three dollars, like I did in two leagues, or or zero dollars. Yeah, or zero dollars. Yeah, that'd be even better. Um, but yeah, just 
uh, just crazy because you look at him, you just you wouldn't expect somebody to to be <laughs> to put up the numbers he did. He just looks he he just looks like an average guy, but you know he's he's a baller. And oh yeah, keep and, him up. And and not and not to mention, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but he also had 180 yards in the playoff game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How'd you miss that? <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So my number 11, uh, Jameer Gibbs, um, I mean, everything you said, just crazy for him to finish running back eight. And he didn't even he wasn't even the lead back. He shared he shared the workload with David Montgomery. He he uh, had less rush attempts than David Montgomery. David Montgomery had over 50 percent. Jameer Gibbs had 43%, but he led he led the running back room in, in routes, targets, short down and distance snaps over David Montgomery, which was really surprising. Of course, he led the two-minute offense. And then all this equaled up to him, you know, scoring over 16 points per game in fantasy his rookie season. Just, you know, somebody that has 14% target share as a running back is somebody I want on my team. So mm-hmm. I I mean, maybe I should have had him higher, but I mean He's still going the first round in, in, on my list, but yeah, I expect you know bigger things from next year. I don't know, maybe they might lessen the load, but I think the way they use these two backs, I, I think it works for their offense perfectly. So it did, uh, yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect compliment for each other. Perfect yeah. compliments. Yep. And then my number twelve. Oh, I, I haven't. I didn't do my number. Oh five. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do your eleven. My bad. My, my number. Bad. My number eleven. We already you talked about him four players ago, but it's AJ Brown. AJ Brown. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a huge AJ Brown fan, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the a lot of the uh, trade activity or the, or the trade chatter rather is you know it, it's it's in the back of my mind. It, it's something to consider. And are the Eagles just going to completely is are, is the bottom completely going to fall out in 2024? I mean, we saw what the, what happened in the playoff game. He wasn't able to get ready for that playoff game because he hurt his knee in week mm. 17 or week 18. But is the bottom going to fall out in 2024? Is Sirianni going to get fired halfway through the season? Is Jalen Hurts going to regress even more than he regressed in 2023 than he did in 2022? Or uh, regress from 2022 that he did in 2023? There's a lot of questions about the Eagles in, in, in the offseason. So um, that those those factors... Those factors just they're 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 in the back of my mind. But AJ Brown, I mean, he 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 almost had an identical 2020 2023 season than he yep. did in 2022. Because I mean he was 17 points, 17 fantasy points per game, eighth, right that, that ranked eighth, had over over fifteen hundred yards, fourteen hundred yards receiving, had a career high in receptions at 106. Touchdowns were down, targets were up though. So the A dot was a little bit lower, yards per reception was a little bit lower. But it's still AJ Brown, wide receiver one season, um, top six in target share, top seven in target rate, you know, top ten in air yard share. So I mean, he's 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 still fine um, as a wide receiver one, but he's he's still he's still a first round pick. He's still a first round pick. Yeah. So go ahead for your number twelve and close and close this thing out, and now close mine out. All right. So my number twelve is Puka Nakua. Um, I just I was trying to find a way to not have him in the first round, but I just couldn't. Like the numbers just speaks for themselves. It will be interesting to see how you know how him and Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup being fully healthy, will see how that dynamic is. I I don't know if you know Stafford would switch back to going back to the Cooper Cup, but I mean clear it's clear as day that Puka can can flat out play. This is somebody that was I think a top five you know wide receiver in his recruiting class. He was at Washington, but didn't get on the field for some reason and ended up transferring to BYU. So just interesting that him and you know Roman dudes that were there at the same time, but uh, one decided to stay, another one left uh, when both of them weren't really you know getting any burn. So uh, you know Puka is one of you know seventeen wide receivers that had at least point uh, five five uh, fantasy points per route run. Uh, I think he also was what top eight in fantasy points per game. So just and fantasy points. No total score. So just overall, just things should just be more of the same in this offense that runs three wide receiver sets at like a 97% clip. So I think the opportunity is there for him to, you know, be be a top 12 overall player in fantasy and come in 2024. Yep, yep, that makes sense. And then my number 12, uh, you talked about him a couple of players ago, Garrett Wilson. My number 12 is Garrett Wilson. And 168 targets this last year was is is absolutely insane. 
but the the, the catch rate is, is obviously bad because of the quarterback play. He's been burned by quarterback play. I mean, 12, 12 and a half fantasy points per game basically ranks the same as what he did in 2022 because of bad quarterback play. So um, we, we know that we know he's a super talented dude. And when Aaron Rodgers gets healthy and a full, I, I want to see a full season of him and Aaron Rodgers uh, together that we, we're, we're almost certain that um, that that target that uh, that catch rate is going to improve and the targets, the targets may stay, may stay in the same ballpark between one one forty seven and one sixty eight. I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting that, that, that volume, but the, the, the catch rate goes up, man, Garrett, Garrett Wilson could, could creep into the top five if, if, if things break his way. So he had 95 catches last year, 83 his rookie year. So I think he's going to continue to ascend, especially with Aaron Rodgers, you know, being at the helm in 2024. So I'm excited to see what Garrett Wilson does uh, this year. Yeah, man. Um, you know, this is a good exercise to kind of see where, where we're at and kind of, you know, measure it against as we, you know, trudge along this uh, offseason, get into ready into the you know, training cup or not to see how these num- how these you know, players move in, in and out of this top 12. But it is interesting to see that we had the same players just in like a different order. I thought I thought we were going to see some different players. I'm surprised that you didn't yeah. uh, put DJ Moore in here or I was debating about putting right. Diggs. I was debating about putting Diggs or Pittman, but I was like, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. So I, I uh, will say, I will say that between Garrett Wilson and it, I was choosing between Garrett Wilson and and Kyra Williams as my as my number twelve. Mm. So and I just I ultimately chose Garrett Wilson because of the you know the the the, the reasons I outlined. So yeah, yeah, I understand that. All right, so. Make sure y'all tap into DestinationDevy.com. Check out the Trinity Tracker tool uh, where you can see uh, Ray's Trinity score, how he weighs uh, wide receivers, and you can compare that to you know, uh, key trade cut uh, values. You can trade that against uh, points per game score. You can compare it to you know other wide receivers. Just uh, You can compare it to wide receivers on the same team. Just a great tool for you to you know utilize to – find wide receivers that could be overvalued or undervalued. Uh, you can also use the war tool, you know, to judge how valuable particular positions are in your particular leagues, depending on scoring. And then another tool that would be useful as you get ready for these uh, rookie drafts is the NCAA comparison tool where you can compare, you know, prospects uh, going back from 2018 to, you know, to the guys that are coming in now. So you could compare somebody like, you know, Keon Coleman to, you know, Quentin Johnston, if you want to, or anybody like that. So make sure you tap into those tools, tap into um, you know, everything, everything that we got going on at uh, Destination Destination Debbie Radio Network on, on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you follow up with us. Follow me at, at Fantasy Genius, that's G-E-N-E-S. Or you can follow Ike, and you can follow Ike at just underscore Ike09. So Ike, you got anything else before we get up out of here? Nope, no, sir. Uh, everything that, that Gene... Uh, that Gene uh, outlined, please check out DestinationDevy.com and that Trinity Tracker, man. It's a, it's a really, really good tool, man. Really, really good tool. So check that out. All right, y'all. Y'all be safe. We'll holla at y'all. All right. Peace out. Peace out.